avoid common injuries in your everyday life? What are the best first aid techniques? How do you keep your home, workplace, and family safe? Welcome to Safety is Your First Choice with your host, Todd Murray. Today, he'll discuss best practices to help you steer clear of hazards, prevent injuries, and accidents. Now, here is Todd Murray. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another great week at uh, Safety is Your First Choice. Hopefully you had an uneventful, I guess, in the safety aspect uh, week last week. Otherwise, uh, you did a lot of fun things out there, being active. I know in the south, the weather's starting to uh, to get nice out there, not so hot. Uh, we're in Arizona, as you know, and uh, temperatures are out of the hundreds. So we're, uh, we're extremely excited about that. So we have more people out running around, act, uh, being more active. Uh, the other thing we're seeing is uh, snowbirds. You know, we affectionately like to call people that uh, reside down in Arizona during the nice climate months, and then uh, they run out of here during the summertime when it starts getting up into the 115-degree weather. Don't blame them. Don't blame them. But uh, glad to see him coming back. And that, uh, that got me thinking. You know, this is, uh, we're getting into those uh, holiday times when uh, we, get, we got people taking trips, you know, start planning vacations, fun places to go. I know up north, uh, I'm originally from Minnesota, so the, uh, I uh, had a, uh, was reading some Facebook posts from, from friends and family up north. And one, uh, I don't know if I'm going to get this right, uh, one of them posted, it said the weather's like uh, like a, a person driving down on the, the interstate, driving 90. They see a, a state trooper, so they go from 90 to, to 50 immediately. That's kind of what the weather did, went from 90 to 50 degrees. So uh, so I understand it's starting to get cold up there. I watched some football games, and everybody's bundled up. So I can imagine people are starting to think, hey, where's that nice warm destination? Where can I go? What can I uh, What can I do this summer? or this uh, winter, uh, to get out of the cold. So that uh, that got me thinking about some of the trips and things that I've taken in the past. Um, and I started thinking about scuba diving. You know, I'm a certified diver, but uh, I haven't been diving. that. Uh, it's been a while since I've been out there. And it got me thinking about the first time I went on a dive trip. Uh, right after getting certified, I was excited. Me and uh, my girlfriend at the time, we... Uh, we, we were both certified, and we were going to take a trip to Florida and, and do some do a dive. So we, uh, we did. We got certified. We went out to Florida, uh, took a look. Uh, she did some searching and was looking to see what type of, uh, what kind of options we had for, for, for dive groups. So um, I think the, what she was looking at or what she was concerned about was what's the price? You know, <laughs> we were young, didn't have much money, uh, so we were extremely concerned about, okay, how much is it going to cost for us to go on a dive trip, and where are we going to go? So, you know, our, our pretty much our main concern was, let's uh, find something that's affordable in our time frame, that we can go out and, and do this dive. So, we found a place, and it was, you know, affordable, we thought, and everything was great. We got on the dive boat. Uh, we went out, uh, got fitted with equipment and that kind of thing, the rental stuff, the scuba tank, and, you know, we we're all excited. You know, we were just like, okay, hey, this is going to be the first one. A little nervous, I guess, you know, first dive out there. So we 
So we, we get on the boat, we go out, and the uh, dive master and people on the boat told us, okay, this is where we're going to go. It's a little cloudy a little bit, but what will end up happening is we'll go down uh, several feet, and then it'll just open up. It'll be nice and clear. You'll be able to go down and, and see all kinds of great things. So, you know, we were excited about that. Um, so we went ahead. Uh, went first dive, went out, went uh, went down exactly what the, the dive master said. Now, it uh, it takes me a little bit longer. I, they call it equalizing, you know, and that's kind of like having your ears kind of pop or whatever so that they can clear out. So in that instance, you know, you're, you're going down and you, you, you try to equalize by maybe closing your nose or pinching your nose and kind of giving some gentle pressure uh, so that you can kind of clear your, clear your ears. And once those ears pop or clear, you're able to go down deeper and, and without any issues. So it, it took me, the first dive took me a little bit. So I, I, I did that and uh, went down, met with my dive partner, my girlfriend at the time, and my buddy, I guess they call it in the dive world. I met up with her and we went down and we were still with the group and everything was great. So we, uh, we continued on, we did our dive, everything was fun, you know, saw all kinds of fun things. Uh, once we started getting low on the tank, we, uh, we come back up. So we come back up, we change our bottles, and then the boat drives to another location. And so and this was going to be some uh, a coral reef, I believe, that uh, we were going to go take a look at and uh, all kinds of fish and wildlife. And so we were excited. We were, that's kind of what we exactly wanted to see. So we, uh, we go to the next location. So we get uh, changed out, new bottle, everything. We uh, sit on the edge of the boat, and we get ready for the, uh, the second dive. So everybody jumps in. We were the last ones to go in the water. I go into the water when you start to go down. Well, I was having a little bit more difficulty equalizing or clearing my ears to be able to go deeper uh, into the ocean. So it took me a little longer to clear than it did the first time. Well, by the time I was able to clear and we got down, because at this point I was in that cloudy area that I referenced earlier, I was in that cloudy area, so I really couldn't see that far in front of me. So then uh, once I was able to clear, uh, met up with my, my, my partner, my girlfriend at the time, my buddy, and we went down, and when we got to that clear area, it was, it was gorgeous, you know, a nice gorgeous reef and fish, and, but we didn't see our, the rest of our dive group. So, uh, at that time, being, you know, novice divers, we thought, well, you know, we'll just take a look around and we'll eventually we'll bump into the group. So, we, we swam around and looked and pointed out stuff to each other, having a great time. Uh, going along with our dive, just taking a look at different things and, and then having a good time, right? So, I started getting concerned when... With, uh, I'm looking at my uh, regulator, uh, my gauge to say how much air we had. I was starting to get uh, over half a tank, and we hadn't bumped into the rest of the group yet. So I started getting concerned, and, you know, I kind of, with hand signals, kind of ex expressed that concern to uh, my buddy. And she, uh, she kind of seemed concerned as well. So at that point, we decided, you know, why don't we just go up? We'll go up early. And uh, we'll just get back on the boat and then meet up with everybody at that point. So we go. We start ascending back up to the top. We get up there and nothing. We didn't see a boat. We didn't see people. 
we were out in the middle of the ocean by ourselves. At that point, I was a little nervous. Now, I knew I could see shore, so I was like, okay, well, I know what direction to go, so we're not uh, totally lost or anything like that. You know, hey, if worst case scenario, we're just going to head straight to shore. So just being novice divers, we were like, well, let's go down a little bit, not as deep as we went before, but let's just go down, and we will attempt to uh, swim in the direction that we think our dive crew was in. So we did that. Uh, we didn't make much headway. So at that point, we decided, and we were running out of air. So what we did, we ended up inflating our uh, BCs, and that's kind of like a, in a layman's term, it's kind of like a life jacket that holds air and it keeps you keeps you above uh, water there, keeps you floating. So we put all the air in that and, and got up to the top and started, uh, we started swimming for shore. And uh, I was extremely nervous at that point. You know, we weren't going to, we're not going to split up. One of the cardinal rules of uh, with diving is you never leave your buddy. You never separate. So we didn't do that. We just basically held on to each other at that point. And, you know, at, at that point, I can remember thinking, this is, uh, I wish I had some safety gear. I wish I had some some things that uh, I prepared for this type of a situation, especially since I'm just a novice diver. So with that story in mind and thinking about all these people that are, you know, thinking about trips and the options that you have and going on tropical vacations and, you know, everybody wants their trip to be a great experience. So with that in mind, I reached out to a good friend of mine, uh, Todd Pickney. He's a master scuba diver trainer. He's got several certifications, anywhere from search and rescue, uh, EFR instructor. Oh, I'm going to have to ask him what that uh, EFR means. But uh, aware coral reef uh, conservationist specialist, emergency oxygen provider, DSD leader, underwater navigation instructor. So he is trained and can train people in scuba diving. So uh, Todd Pickney, like I said, uh, master scuba diver and trainer, I'm going to have him on and so that we can kind of pick his brain on uh, what what to look for, what to ask. As you, as you know, the premise of the show is to uh, get experts in here and find out what questions we need to ask. Questions we don't know to ask, but should ask. You know, what's common sense to him might not be common sense to us. You know, I, uh, I've done uh, some searches since then, just trying to look to see what kind of questions I should have asked for scuba diving. And, you know, you get some random, random questions, some pretty basic. I'm going to try to get in, uh, delve in a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper just to try to figure out what it is we need to know and so that we can actually be prepared in case of an emergency. As the show states, safety is your first choice. When we decided to take that dive trip, safety wasn't our first choice. When we did that dive trip, it was, uh, it was cost and time. We made that our first choice. Uh, looking back now, I, uh, I have a lot of questions that I, I can just think of myself that I should have asked, uh, making safety my first choice, and then looking at how much it's going to cost and looking at uh, the time constraints and things of that nature. So what we'll do, we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break. 
We'll have a commercial, uh, throw a commercial in here. We will, uh, we'll have Todd, uh, Todd Pickney come in, master scuba diver, trainer, have him, uh, we'll ask him some questions and find out uh, what it is we really need to know or ask prior to taking any of these kind of dive trips. Remember, you can also always send in some questions. If you have questions specific about this topic or any other topic, you can always call in or uh, send us an email at safetyisyourfirstchoice at gmail.com. We look forward to uh, talking with Todd Pickney after the break. Come back. Stay tuned. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. The joy of being a parent begins with knowing what to do in case of an emergency. At CPR Baby, safeguarding the health of your infant is their number one goal. They offer a selection of onesies imprinted with visual cues that enable parents and others to perform proper CPR on your baby in the event of an emergency. Wrap your bundle of joy in the comfort of knowing, knowing that CPR Baby is there for you in case of an emergency. Visit CPRBaby.com today. Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Safety is Your First Choice. To reach Todd Murray or his guest today, feel free to call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to safetyisyourfirstchoice at gmail.com. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back. Welcome back to Safety is Your First Choice. You got uh, your host here, Todd Murray. Now, uh, before the break, we talked about my <laughs> my first dive trip that I took in uh, Florida and uh, how it didn't uh, turn out to be the most exciting <laughs> dive trip. <laughs> uh, but I do remember it. I do remember it kind of for the wrong reasons. Uh, it didn't turn out to be that great, right? So what I'd like to do is um, bring in uh, my guest today, master diver, master scuba diver, trainer, Todd Pickney. Welcome to the show, Todd. 
Thank you, Todd. All right. Appreciate this opportunity to be on your show. Well, good, good. Glad, uh, glad we could uh, we could hook up and have this opportunity. Now, uh, listeners, understand. Hey, you shoot in your questions and concerns, right? We got these experts out here. That uh, anything that you uh, questions you have, either call into the show or uh, shoot us an email, and we'll be able to ask these uh, experts your specific question and get them answered for you. So, Todd. Uh, I have a list. I, I think there's like 25 or so different certifications you have uh, for scuba diving and stuff. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole list of Yeah, them. something like that. Yeah, I think, tell me uh, something about I, that. I lost uh, track of some of them. So. <laughs> how, how, long have you been, how long have you been a scuba diver? I've been a scuba diver for about 18, 20 years. Okay. And uh, really just started off with the basic courses, uh, open water, uh, the advanced open water, and then I decided to get some, um, you know, specialty uh, training and um, wreck diving, night diving, dry suit diving. Okay. And then I just became hooked. All right. And after that, it's really about uh, learning more. Uh-huh. Uh, the more you learn, the safer, you know, diver you become. And I just started taking more courses. Then eventually I worked my way up to the uh, instructor level. And, um, and now oh. I'm a uh, master scuba diver uh, trainer and a uh, emergency first responder instructor as well, uh, a rescue uh, diver instructor. So uh, okay. I really do it, again, just because I love marine life. I love diving. But the main reason why I continue to train and continue to take courses is just to become a safer diver. Okay. Yeah, geez, it's, uh, you've got a lot. You've done a lot in the uh, a lot of the industry. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of jealous a little bit. It looks like you've uh, had a lot of fun or spent some good time in the water then. I I Absolutely. do see I, I do see here that you do volunteer some time. You work uh, what is that the Aquarium of the Pacific? What's that all about? Yeah, Aquarium of Pacific in uh, Long Beach. I do like to uh, give back, and um, I enjoy uh, teaching, enjoy educating. I enjoy being around um, young uh, divers, and then young folks that are are thinking about um, becoming divers. Uh, in addition to that, I love um, discussing the importance of uh, marine life or marine conservation, um, and I had the opportunity to do that as a volunteer diver at the Aquarium of the Pacific. So uh, I spend my time, typically about five hours uh, uh, a day, one day a week, um, giving presentations while I'm diving. Oh. I actually wear a special uh, dive mask that has a uh, microphone connected to it. Oh, okay. And the uh, parents and the kids on the dry side can actually uh, hear me speak while I'm in the water. And uh, I have a team of divers behind me, and uh, typically we're feeding the sharks, the uh, stingrays, <laughs> and other uh, animals. Okay. And uh, we also spend some time cleaning the tank as well. But the most important thing and the most rewarding thing is really about talking about you know, marine conservation, uh, the importance of reducing your carbon footprint, and so forth. So it's that educational component that I really enjoy about enjoy volunteering as a diver. Oh well, that's awesome. That sounds. Uh, I'm going to have to check that out next time I'm out there in California. Perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, the the show today we're talking to I, I and I told my listeners here that. Uh, it's getting into that uh, travel travel season you know people taking trips from uh, up north or wherever they are taking trips to nice warm great climates where scuba diving is an option right um so uh, on the show we like to talk about we get experts like yourself that's accomplished divers or accomplished in their fields and uh asking those questions that we just don't know to ask 
You know, I'm a firefighter, and so there's certain things about firefighting and things that I think is common sense. But, you know, people that aren't firefighters don't know that that's a common sense thing, basically, because they're not in the industry. So um, some of the things, and and I told the example of my my personal first dive trip that I took that didn't turn out as as great as I wanted to. Um, So some of the questions that I have, uh, and maybe you can help clear this up for me and and help clear it up for our, our listeners. Um, the amount of people that, uh, that I see, they come down here to Arizona, they have some kind of medical condition or medical issue. Uh, is that gonna, a concern with diving? Should, should that be something that uh, they volunteer to a dive, dive group before they choose to go out and, and, and pick a dive company or something? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, first of all, let me start off and say, like, diving is really, really safe. You know, uh, you know, scuba diving goes way back to the uh, 1950s, and, um, you know, and there has been tremendous amounts of uh, advancements in terms of just technology and also safety uh, training and, and tips. So it's a very, really, really, it's very safe. Okay. But, um, and there, there's... You know, obviously, there are a ton of different medical conditions out there, and most medical conditions, you know, you can you can dive with. But the key thing to remember is, yes, you want to disclose that information, but the most important thing is you want to make sure you have clearance, uh, the okay, the green light, to dive with that medical condition from your doctor. That is the most important thing. And, you know, most dive facilities, you know, before they allow you to even get suited for your equipment, um, they're going to ask you to fill out a you know liability release form, and most of that form consists of questions, medical conditions, and uh, so they want to make sure that you are fit, you're um, in the right medical, you have the right medical uh, conditions to uh, to to perform that dive. Okay. Okay. All right. So yeah. So I've had people on uh, previous guests. Uh, we talk about eye safety, and then we had a physical therapist on, and that kind of thing. So this is one mm-hmm. of those things where you want to continue with your annual physical. If you're going to do that, you might need to check out with your your before you go. Check out with your doctor. Just have a quick little physical before you leave on that trip, just to see what's yeah, going. Yeah. A- absolutely. Okay. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it, in terms of just the intensity of diving in terms of from a um, physical activity perspective it's it's not that intense okay but there's equipment that you got to put on and depending on you know if you're you know got to walk um you know to your entry point uh, whether it's a uh, a uh, beach entry or you got to carry equipment to a to a dive boat um, there's still equipment that you that you're carrying that could weigh you know 30 to 50 pounds right, um, right. when you're diving there's going to be some currents Okay. So, um, so you got to be. You want to make sure that you are are fit. Um, you know, when it comes to diving. Oh yeah, you know we we get we get a lot of people that come down here to Arizona and they want to. They say, well, you know, I walk three miles a day, but uh, so they think mm-hmm. that they can go up one of these mountains. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of it's a little bit different than walking around the block a few times than it is uh, going up some of these mountains in the in the desert. So I totally understand yeah. that. It makes a lot of sense. Now, when you bring up equipment, Absolutely. when you bring up equipment, um, I was just thinking about it. I used the equipment that the dive shop gave me. I didn't. Is there? I didn't ask any questions about it. I just and you know, I put in the regulator. the The mouthpiece seemed a little chewed up a little bit, and it kind of made me. Uh, <laughs> I got a little uh, a little nervous yeah. on that. But you know, is, is there things certain things we should be asking about, like in that concerns? Yeah, absolutely. You know, first of all, oh, 
you know, when you go to uh, search for a dive shop, uh, particularly if you're on vacation, you're in a different country or whatever, you know, you want to make sure that it's, you know, a reputable dive shop. And you can easily just do some queries online and look at the reviews. Uh, you can also uh, see if they are a certified uh, dive organization. And there are some, there are a ton of dive organizations out there, but uh, they're really, um, you know, three big organizations that um, you'll most likely come across. One is uh, PADI, that's the largest uh, dive organization. They're based in the U.S., um, but they're, they're, they have uh, facilities or dive shops uh, throughout the world. Okay. Um, there's another one, uh, SSI, Scuba School International, and then NALI, which is a nonprofit uh, organization. So you want to make sure um, they are a reputable um, dive outfit. In addition to that, you want to ask those questions about the equipment. You know, when did you replace equipment last? Okay. Uh, I think it's critical, critical to make sure that you test the equipment in a controlled environment. So before you just go into um, an open water dive, you know, put the equipment on in a pool. Okay. Go through and test the equipment, test the regulator. Okay. Um, and then if you're not in the pool, just do it in a shallow area before um, you know you go to for that first open water dive. Oh, all right. Yeah, that's something I don't remember ever doing with uh, when I went mm-hmm. out with. Uh, okay. Yeah, that uh, that makes a lot of sense. Now. I, Taking a look at these things, I, I've seen all kinds of different tanks or different types of equipment. Is there is there certain things that we need to know? You know, would somebody put me in the wrong tank or a tank that might not be suited for the uh, the certain dive that I'm doing, or does it even make a difference? Well, when it comes to the tank, there's really two different types of tanks that you'll see out there, and it's going to be either a steel tank or aluminum tank, um, and you know. The main difference is uh, with a steel tank, um, it does have a, uh, a um, you know, thinner wall. So uh, believe it or not, it's going to actually weigh less than an aluminum tank because oh. it requires a thinner wall to keep that compressed air in. Okay. Um, in many cases, a uh, steel tank is going to be smaller. It's going to be a little bit more durable. Um, and, but aluminum tank, you see, it, you see aluminum tanks out there a lot. Um, they are a lot cheaper than steel tanks. That's why you do see uh, a lot of dive shops renting uh, aluminum tanks. But the critical piece um, in terms of the tank is to make sure that it has an up-to-date hydrostatic test. Oh. Every tank should have that date okay. stamped on the top of the uh, cylinder. Okay. And for the U.S., you know, it typically has to, you have to go through a hydrostatic test every five years. Um, depending on the tank, it might be three years, depending on the country. Um, and then also you want to make sure there's been at least a visual inspection uh, of that tank every year. Again, and that should be clearly notated on that cylinder, on that tank. Okay. I know I didn't look for anything like that when I went on our dives. <laughs> so that's good information to know. Yeah. I know we use, uh, we have our uh, our SCBA, our, our bottles that we have to go in to fight fires uh-huh. with. I know that they have uh, hydrostatic testing and, and we need to make sure that those are up to date. But I never even really thought about doing that or checking that with uh with scuba gear so it's it's the same thing i guess okay all right i tell you what let's uh let's take another commercial break real quick when we come back from this break i want to delve into kind of some of the emergency type situations as i mentioned in my uh with my personal situation i found myself in i think was kind of a precarious position um and i felt like i wasn't prepared for that emergency situation uh for my first dive so if you can you're able to stick around and come back after the break with us 
Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Why don't we uh, Why don't we hold this for afterwards and find out what kind of emergency situations or pre- preparedness you should expect from your dive dive uh, outfit uh, when going on a dive. So stay with us. We'll be right back with Todd Pickney, a master scuba diver trainer and a variety of other search and rescue, uh, underwater navigation instructor, several other certifications. We'll have uh, we'll bring him back and uh, answer any other questions we might have. Stay with us. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com The joy of being a parent begins with knowing what to do in case of an emergency. At CPR Baby, safeguarding the health of your infant is their number one goal. They offer a selection of onesies imprinted with visual cues that enable parents and others to perform proper CPR on your baby in the event of an emergency. Wrap your bundle of joy in the comfort of knowing, knowing that CPR Baby is there for you in case of an emergency. Visit CPRBaby.com today. Beauty is always a reflection of how we are taking care of ourselves from the inside, and our business is no different. Building your business brand is a direct reflection of you. In today's competitive landscape, personal and proven leadership skills can ensure that our brands and businesses succeed. Join host Bonnie Bonadeo and visionary guest experts to help you find success. Tune into beautiful brands inside and out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com you are listening to safety is your first choice to reach todd murray or his guest today feel free to call in to 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to safety is your first choice at gmail.com now back to this week's show Welcome back to Safety is Your First Choice with your host, Todd Murray. I have uh, master scuba diver trainer Todd Pickney on the line with us, uh, asking him a variety of different questions. So before the break, we were we were talking about some of the things, you know, the initial things you need to talk about or ask when picking out an outfit. Um, I'm kind of concerned just because of the story that I told and how my dive experience went, my first dive experience went uh uh, with emergency situations. So, Todd, I, w- how can I find out if this dive operation is, uh, if they're ready to go if they, in case of an emergency? What, what kind of things am I looking for? Or what should I ask? Well, I, I think first and foremost, uh, when it comes to diving, uh, you always want to, you know, plan 
your dive. Okay. And that's when you start asking those questions, those what if uh, scenarios. Um, To your earlier um, example uh, about your experience in Florida, you know, you want to make sure that you have a proper dive briefing, you know, prior to going into the water Uh, and ask those questions. You know, what if I can't equalize, you know, who's going to stay with me? And there always should be another trainer, a dive master, an assistant dive master that should remain with uh, a student um, or another diver, would you say in your scenario, uh, if they're having trouble, they should never leave you. Um, And another safety thing to always keep in mind, this is just a general rule for diving. Uh, If you ever lose your group, if you ever lose your buddy, the, the rule is to search for one minute, one minute only, and then surface to the top. Oh, and okay. you should find the rest of the group and your buddy at the top. That is a general rule for uh, all divers. So whether you're with a group or with a buddy, uh, that's a general rule. You always look for one minute and then meet at the top, at the surface. Well, that's something that we didn't do, obviously. We, we stuck around maybe 20 minutes down below and, and kept going. So, okay, that might have helped us out quite a bit, just knowing that little bit of information. You know, and there's going to be uh, a couple, really two main scenarios. You're going to be diving rear a, a beach entry, or you're going to be getting on a dive boat. So okay. regardless, if it's at the dive shop from the beach entry on a dive boat, you want to make sure that they do have the right safety equipment. You want to make sure that they do have, you know, uh, O2. You want to make sure they have an AED, uh, okay. fire extinguisher. You want to make sure that within your equipment uh-huh. on your BCD, you have a whistle. If you do get lost when you surface to the top, you should be able to blow your whistle. Okay. Uh, They also should have, you know, radios and um, floating devices uh, as well. Okay. So those are just some of the things that you should look for either on the dive boat or at the dive shop. Okay. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Like I said, if I had any any of those things, just a couple of those things, that would have made me feel a little bit more comfortable when I... When I got myself in that situation. All right. So when you talk about, you know, you talked about uh, AED, that kind of stuff. Obviously, I, everybody knows that listens to this show that uh, I, I'm emphatic about everyone learning CPR. So that's something that I, I would just hope or assume. And I would ask that, you know, hey, is everybody certified in CPR, that kind of thing. Is that a requirement to be a scuba diver? Do you know? Uh, it is requirement to be a uh, dive master or scuba diver instruction, uh, instructor. Oh, okay. okay, good. Um, that okay. Is very similar to you know my credentials, emergency first responders, CPR, search and rescue. Um, that is required before you can achieve that level level of certification that you are uh, certified in okay. um, EFR, AED, you know all the emergency procedures. Okay, all right, good. Yeah, so we you make sure that that, uh, and I want all our listeners, they should always, that should be one of the first things that you, you definitely ask, is make sure that everybody's certified in CPR. So, you know, I, I see, or you see on the movies, and that kind of people coming up real fast, and they, what, they get the bends. Um, can you explain a little bit what that is, and what, what's needed to, to help protect people from that kind of situation? Yeah, and... Um, yeah, that is, uh, you know, it, it can happen. Um, um, the uh, most common reason um, for that to happen is, you know, when you're ascending um, on a dive, the, um, um, the nitrogen in your system, in your tissue, will start to expand. And if you ascend too fast, 
those bubbles get trapped in um, your blood vessels. Okay. And they also get trapped in your joints. It causes inflammation. It can be very painful. Basically, it prevents blood from flowing to um, um, certain parts of your, throughout your body, your, your, okay. your organs and your tissues and so forth. Okay. Um, so the best way to avoid that is, uh, you know, most you know, dive shops will give you a dive computer or an instructor will at least have a dive computer, um, is to make sure that um, you do a safety stop. Okay. You want to give um, um, you know time for the nitrogen to escape uh, your, your your tissue. So the most important thing is to make sure you do that safety stop right around 15 feet for at least three to five minutes. Okay, you sit there and then gives it time to just kind of on its own seep out of. Yeah. Now, if uh, if for whatever reason you don't do those safety stops, I know that uh, um, what is it called a uh, hyperbaric chamber. Are, are those? Yeah, I, I know that they use them for um, um, burn centers. Have them, but is this a common yeah. thing to be around, or is that something that a dive shop should have, or is that too big? Expensive? What, what's the deal on those? Uh, is that a common thing? It's not common in terms of uh, having it at a, the availability of a dive shop. Okay. Um, particularly, you know, I've been diving all around the world, and you know, Indonesia, Australia, the Caribbean. Uh, Thailand, Philippines, and I can tell you a lot of these uh, dive shops are in the middle of nowhere, okay. um, and they do not have the decompression chamber. Okay. Um, but the key is um, there is a, uh, a organization called Dive Alert um, uh, Network, mm-hmm. and you can go to their website, and you can actually, uh, if you know you're going to a particular city or a particular country, you can actually uh, do a search on the, um, where they're available or the closest uh, chamber is to your resort or to your hotel. Oh, okay. Um, but all this is gonna, it's all going to depend on um, your location in the city. Obviously, in major cities where I'm at, you know, in uh, Laguna Beach and Southern California, where you're at, you will find uh, chambers uh, uh, near you. Right, right. You can find them in hospitals or other places like that. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, good. But that's something that you'll need to do with uh, emergency services and, and, and that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so... Th- you know, when we're when we're sitting here talking about some of these dive things, and we talk about there's there's situations I'm sure you know with your dive experiences. Can you tell us about an experience that you had that uh, you know that was a great one that turned out maybe it was a good one or a bad one or experience that uh, you'd like to share information about? Oh man, <laughs> I've uh, probably done about five or six hundred dives oh. and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, very fortunately that uh, all my uh, dives have been, you know, um, you know, great experiences. You know, I would just, you know, tell you one thing. Um, when I first got certified, you know, as an advanced open water, um, you know, I really wanted to, you know, go to a uh, resort and uh, really go see how far deep I can go. Okay. And that was my goal. I want to go down to 100 feet. I'm going to go down to 120 feet. And I was, you know, certified to do that. And I can tell you, um, it wasn't that impressive. Not a lot's going to depend on where you're at, right. but uh, you know, the deeper you go on a dive, the more air you use. And you believe okay. it or not, you really don't see much marine life. So one thing I learned very quickly is, you know, those dives between forty and sixty feet, uh-huh. um, where you see a ton of marine life. Um, you can stay down pretty long. Your air will last forty-five minutes to an hour. Okay. I learned very quickly that those are you know, the best dives. Really? So it's really not going about, it's not about going, seeing how deep you can go. 
uh, it, it's really about, um, you know, just being in that 40-foot, 50-foot range. Um, you've seen a lot of uh, coral, a lot of marine life. And again, the most important thing about this, you can stay down a lot longer the shallow you are. Oh, I wouldn't even, I, you know, I wouldn't even have thought that, I, you know, but I guess when you think about it, you know, you get less sunlight, so you don't see as much stuff down there, you know, so stuff growing and the yeah. natural stuff. Okay. You know, there's been, uh, there's been a times that uh, I, I've done a dive before and there's been like wrecks. So we dive around the wrecks. What, um, why is it that you would need a certification to do wreck diving when, my dive masters were like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Just go peek your head in and do what you need to do. Is that, is that, was that the right thing to do for them? Well, um, you just got to be you know, cautious about it. Um, wreck dive certification, the key to that is penetrating a, a wreck. Um, if you're with a dive master, you're with a dive instructor, um, you know, and they're saying you go ahead and peep your head in, um, yeah, that, that's fine. But the one okay. thing you don't want to do unless you have been trained is to penetrate that dive. Okay. And uh, what can happen when you're in the middle of a wreck, obviously uh, you need a flashlight. A lot uh-huh. of times no sunlight. It can get dark. But the thing is, if you don't have a good buoyancy control, uh-huh. you end up kicking up the soot that's on the floor of that wreck. You can oh. actually create a blackout. And oh. it makes it very, very difficult to get out of a wreck when you're in a blackout. Obviously... You know, like I am, you're trained to penetrate a wreck, you're going in with a rope, you tie it to the outside, you know how to follow a rope back out just in case that happens, uh-huh. but obviously most divers are not trained to penetrate a wreck. Okay. So looking in is fine, but I wouldn't penetrate a wreck unless you're trained to do that. And when you say penetrate, that's like just swimming inside, getting putting your whole body inside. Swimming inside the yeah. wreck. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I, there's other things. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize that. <laughs> I didn't realize that, and that's why we have you here. Todd, you know what? You provided us with a lot of great information. Hopefully, there's some some things. You know, I, I may be getting some questions uh, over the emails. Do you mind if we uh, touch base maybe and get those answers, uh, answers some of those questions the listeners have? That sounds great. Okay. Love to do that. Well, thanks again for having uh, taken the time to allow us to interview you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you provided us a lot of great information. We would definitely appreciate it. Uh, again, thank you very much. No problem at all. I enjoyed it. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. And now, listeners, uh, we'll take a quick commercial break. After the break, we'll uh, recap what we talked about today. We'll talk about next week's show, and we'll answer some of the questions that we received uh, over the phone calls and over the emails. So, again, thank you very much. We'll be uh, Stay tuned, and we'll see you after the break. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The joy of being a parent begins with knowing what to do in case of an emergency. At CPR Baby, safeguarding the health of your infant is their number one goal. They offer a selection of onesies imprinted with visual cues that enable parents and others to perform proper CPR on your baby in the event of an emergency. Wrap your bundle of joy and the comfort of knowing, knowing that CPR Baby is there for you in case of an emergency. Visit CPRBaby.com today. 
experience the joy of living, not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy, from a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease, to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Safety is Your First Choice. To reach Todd Murray or his guest today, feel free to call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to safetyisyourfirstchoice at gmail.com. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back after the break. Here we are, your host, Todd Murray, with Safety is Your First Choice. I'd like to just say thanks again to uh, Todd Pickney for providing us a lot of information. You know, um, just the information that he gave uh, regarding just, I guess, which is common knowledge in the dive world uh, that I didn't know on my first dive. You know, if you get lost within a minute, you need to come back up. I'm thinking that uh, you can search search for a minute and then come back up to the surface if you're unable to find your group or your, your dive master. I, uh, if, if knowing that back then, I, I probably wouldn't have been lost and it would have kind of changed my whole outlook of scuba diving. Uh, and, you know, I dove maybe once or twice after that, but, uh, you know, it wasn't something that I was that excited about. And I'm wondering if uh, just not knowing the basic safety stuff or not making safety my first choice when choosing a dive outfit if that uh, tainted my my view on scuba diving uh, you, know, you look at these uh, you look at these wrecks and and I did a dive where we went around a wreck and and uh, I did I looked in but at that time I it was like well shoot that looks pretty easy I could just go and swim on in there and you know take a look around Obviously, my training said not to, but I could see how if somebody did not take the proper training or did not have the proper dive master, they would just go ahead and swim on in there and take a look around and uh, possibly get themselves into a situation that uh, they may not be able to get themselves out of. So, you know, again, thank you, Todd Pickney. Uh, he, he's he's done a great job. He's uh, uh done a lot of things, <laughs> you know, five to 600 dives uh, around the world. So um, great knowledge, great information that he was able to provide us. Um, so a couple of things here uh, with, with, the, uh, with the holidays and things coming up. I know we're, uh, we're looking for some topics uh, that we want to talk about on the show. The, 
we got uh, some suggestions for a holiday-themed uh, or a Halloween-themed uh, show. So we're going to uh, we're going to have one of our um, subject matter experts, uh, Chip Sykes, is a retired uh, police officer. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have him come out the weekend uh, or the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Or <laughs> sorry, the Wednesday before Halloween. Uh, to talk to us about some of those things that uh, we don't know to ask or don't know to do uh, for Halloween. Obviously, I, I have three kids, as I've mentioned several times before, uh, and we think we're doing the right things for our Halloween uh, safety, uh, not only for our kids and going out in the street, but also uh, handing out canning and opening our door for people. So we're going to have uh, him, Chip Sykes, a retired uh, police officer, uh, and subject matter expert in that area. We're going to have him on in a couple of weeks. Next week, we're going to have uh, Gary Glandon, uh, corporate, uh, retired corporate uh, human resource, vice president, human resource, is an um, EHS safety officer. He's got a, some, we're going to touch on some of the things that uh, are everyday life to keep us safe. So when I go out and teach CPR classes, I go to industry and I teach some of these classes and, and a lot of times I go to places where they have customers. I've taught classes at Costco and some places of that uh, nature. And uh, the employees, you know, they look at these classes as uh, a CPR class is something that the uh, customer, they're, they're, they're learning CPR so that they can help or save a customer if they get in, in trouble or have an emergency. Well, if you think about it, the majority of our time is spent at work. We are around our coworkers a lot more than we are around customers that come in and out of the store. We see our coworkers, you know, depending on what your shift schedules are, we see our coworkers, you know, 40 hours a week. We're around them quite a bit. In some cases, we're around our coworkers more than we are our family. With school, sports, and, you know, nightlife for, you know, your teenage kids or a little older than teenage kids, you know, they're out running around, running the streets. They don't want to be at home with the family, right? So the uh, we're typically around our employees or our coworkers more frequently than we are customers. Customers come and go. You know, they may, you know, if you're shopping at a grocery store, you come into the store once a week maybe or a couple times a week. But that's about it. You don't spend a lot of time there where the employees are there all the time. So learning CPR is, unfortunately, it's, well, fortunately, unfortunately, but it's to help keep your uh, coworkers safe, right? That's, uh, that's who you're going to be around the most, right? So, and you spend the majority of your time at work. You know, you're spending 40 hours a week. And when you're at home, you know, eight, eight or 10, eight, well, if you can get eight hours of sleep, eight hours of that time during the week, you're, you're sleeping. Okay, so you wake up in the morning, you go you're, during the week, you get out, head off to work, you come home. If, it's, if you're anything like us, we have, uh, we have three children, so we have multiple sports, we have practices, we have games, so we're not at home. Okay, so... Uh, so I'm bringing in Gary Glandon, the uh, expert in environmental health and safety. Uh, he's ran corporations as vice president in those different areas. And uh, so he can come in and, and, and maybe give us some insight on uh, what we need to think about uh, workplace safety, uh, thoughts about that, how we can um, make our, um, our day safer 
when we come to work. We've talked about uh, physical therapists. You know, if you're going to take out a new job or start a new job, depending on what those job requirements are, if they're physical or if you're sedentary, what kind of things can you do to keep yourself healthier and safer? Uh, is there stretching techniques or there different things like that that you can utilize or do to uh, improve your well-being while, while at work? or prior to work so that you don't get injured and stuff at work. I've told you how I, I was injured as a firefighter uh, uh, not properly stretching or getting warmed up prior to uh, going on a call. You know, there's different things that we can do, and we need to make sure that we're making safety our first choice so that we choose the right things to do to be able to keep ourselves safe. So, you know, it's no fun being injured, and it's no fun being put into an emergency situation when you're not prepared for that situation. Okay, so uh, we've got a couple of experts coming in in the next couple of weeks to uh, be able to bring some light to some of these topics. Uh, as, uh, as I always say, hey, shoot your questions. Uh, you can email them to safetyisyourfirstchoice at gmail.com. You can always call into the show as well. Okay, we do have a Facebook page, uh, Safety Is Your First Choice on Facebook. Uh, you, can, uh, you can send us questions, comments, uh, send us uh, some show topics. We're we're uh, we're also looking towards. Uh, we have on tap some. Uh, we're going to do some airport, uh, airport and airplane safety. Uh, we're going to bring in some experts in that area. You know, with people traveling, flying different areas, different places. We're going to bring in some experts to help uh, help us understand what kind of things we need to think about when traveling. I know a lot of times when I travel, uh, my biggest concern is. How can I pack as much stuff in a carry-on bag as possible? <laughs> right? Is that is that the safest thing to do? I don't know. You know, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. You know, um, you know. So we're going to take a look at that. We're going to go into that a little bit. We've got Thanksgiving coming up, so I know that we're going to look at doing some uh, food safety, uh, some food safety um, uh, interviews. Give uh, get some chefs in here to give us an idea of what uh, what we need to think about when uh, preparing those meals. How do we keep it out? How do we keep it fresh? How do we make sure that nobody gets hurt or injured in, uh, during Thanksgiving? We want Thanksgiving to be a nice, wonderful time, time for everybody to get together, enjoy each other's company, and we don't want anybody to be injured or hurt. And if, unfortunately, something like that happens, we are prepared for that, right? We are prepared for that because we made safety your first choice. So thank you for listening hopefully you got something really good out of this information that you could pass on or use yourself uh, stay tuned uh, for come back for us next week safety is your first choice make uh, this next week a great one and again thank you for listening safety is your first choice on voice america radio so much for tuning in this week for safety is your first choice be sure to join host todd murray again next wednesday at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time for another edition of the program on the voice america variety channel this week be safe